You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. What's up, you cool cats and kittens? I hope everybody's having a great day out there in podcast slash quarantine slash riots across America world. We're all having a good time here getting some content down for you as we respect our local countries or uh, counties stay at home orders. So here we go, man. I just want to start off by saying thank you to everybody out there like following on Instagram, engaging on YouTube, checking the videos out, asking questions, getting answers. We try to do really well about getting getting back to you guys and, and more importantly, listening to your requests and, and stuff that you want to hear, content that you want to see. And today is just a, another one of those examples. We went out there and we found a seer guy that has some unique experiences, not only in his own career field, but working with Aspect War currently as an instructor. So I just want to say, hey, Justin, welcome. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been great, man. So we've gotten a lot of requests of, uh, of hey, what exactly do these guys and gals do and, and how can I get there? And of course, how can I prepare for it? So we reached out and got the SME. So we'll go into all of that, uh, all of that in a second, but continue following us on Facebook and Instagram. Go over and check out onesready.com. And if you need coffee, if you need some energy, if you need a pack to carry all of it, you know where to go for that stuff. Um, our friends tell them we sent you again. We don't get anything from it, but they give something to you because they want to support the podcast. So head on over there. All right. So Justin, we'll, we'll jump right into it, man. Like hit us with an overview of, of your career and what you've done, you know, up, up to now. All right. Uh, well, uh, name's Justin for everybody again. Yeah. If you couldn't hear Aaron the first time, uh, I'm from a small town in Michigan and I wanted to do something outside as a, as a career field, as a job. I knew I was going to join the military. Uh, I told my recruiter I wanted to do something outside and he said, uh, Sear, I think you get uh, GI Joe Boy Scouts, get wood out of a tree or wood out of a tree and water out of it too. Hey man, that's what he said. So uh, okay. I not joined mad at the pitch, like, not, not good mad, job. you know, he's like, Hey, and you get $10,000. I was like, Oh, sweet. Sounds like a lot of money to me. So uh, yeah, dude, I joined uh, in 2007, uh, went up to, or went down to uh, San Antonio, did my thing there, made it somehow magically, uh, got up to Fairchild, kept making it, uh, kept making it and then stuck it through and graduated. Uh, as a SEER guy, you do three years there as an instructor, uh, teaching SVAD, the survival school. From there, I, uh, I clicked a button and went to Korea for a year. I got to work with uh, some, of the, some of the best in, in the world, in my opinion, when it comes to flyers, some of the F-16 guys out there. Uh, they're my, my, pilot, my pilots. And uh, man, that was a good time. From there, uh, I kind of I cut my teeth there and got lucky as a young senior airman and, and PCS over to Germany for four years. Uh, again with F-16, so working with Vipers uh, and their mission there. Uh, got some deployment experience under my belt. Got some uh, reintegration experience under my belt uh, with that. And then I got lucky enough to see an ad running or the start of an ad kind of popping up, talked to a chief and said, uh, you know, hey, uh, Kirtland, PJU, I want to go there. I know there's two Sear Bubba's there. And I got lucky enough to get that slot. I got a couple favors called in and uh, Hey man, worse for wear, not at all. Uh, I think it was it was a great experience. You know, I met met you, Aaron. We had some some good hey. time, <laughs> bad times. Uh, I think I was on the receiving end of some uh, classic Aaron Love ass chewings, um, but also uh, on some classic Aaron Love bro time. And yeah. then uh, yeah. and now, man, I'm I'm still in it, and I'm about to PCS this summer. 
um, about to change units back up to back up to Fairchild, back to the mothership, if you will. So it's been oh, a sweet where it, where it all began, right? Oh, uh, dude, the full circle. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that uh, I can make it so that there aren't as many people that come out of there that like me. Um, so kind of <laughs> here's, here's a, a road of what not to do, uh, when it comes to, uh, maturity and, and, uh, and understanding what we're actually supposed to do when we're out alone and unafraid by ourselves. Uh, right. so that was a, that was a steep learning curve for me. So, well, so since you're, since you're going back full circle, um, as you think about when you went through seer orientation or seer selection, what was that like for you? Yeah. And can uh, you help us out on the terms too? I, I thought it was called the orientation course, but I, I couldn't remember if they had changed the nomenclature of that course stuff. Yeah. So whatever it is, just fire away. So to my knowledge, it's triple S, uh, seer specialist selection. Um, but it might be the orientation, uh, orientation course as well. Uh, maybe there's a couple names floating out there around it. Um, from what I remember, that was a couple weeks long. Um, and it was, it wasn't easy. It wasn't hard, you know, kind of, we all look back on things that we've done that are hard in my, in, in my opinion, we're like, Oh yeah, it was easy. But going back as a 145 pound kid, you know, 18 years old out of high school, I had no idea what the hell I was getting into. <laughs> right. um, and you know, they say strap this, you know, heavy ruck on, you know, to go out in the woods, don't eat any food, make shelters. Um, and man, what an experience, what a way to cut your teeth as a young guy right out of basic to, to start learning from, in my opinion, when I was, when I was brand new, it just seemed like the best, um, cause I didn't know any better. And, and I've, I've been proven true that I get to work with some of the, the best individuals. And as I told Aaron, I was like, Hey man, you can, you can find a way more cool seer guy than I, <laughs> um, but, but here I am, unfortunately, the scrape in the bottom of the pond. So. <laughs> well, everybody that comes through the pipeline, whether it's CCT, PJ, SR, seer, all have certain portions that they struggle with. What was your portion that you struggled with during Triple S? Uh, definitely the no food, no sleep. So sleep deprivation, uh, we've paired that with task saturation. Uh, and then no food, just not really getting into starvation over four, you know, four days of eating minimal food. But you know, first time ever going really actually hungry, you really realize what kind of first world problems you are when you're you know, when you're like, oh, I haven't eaten in four hours. I'm when hungry. Yeah. You're complaining <laughs> because the peanut butter sandwich in your left cargo pocket got a little squished when you jumped. Like that's exactly, why. Exactly. If you're not jumping with a pocket taco, you're doing it wrong. Come on, man. If you're not jumping <laughs> snacky snacks, get out of here. What are you doing? I hope everybody writes that down. You got to yeah. have a pocket taco. Pocket tacos are the best way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you came in at 18. How much did you prepare for the for the triple S and then the entire pipeline, or did you not really know that you were going in to be seer? Um, so I knew, I knew probably seven months beforehand and until in 2007, um, I don't know if you guys remember the dinosaur ages back then air quotes, uh, but there was <laughs> yeah. no real internet source. Um, I saw the, uh, there was a, there was one video out there. Like these guys are something out of a storybook. Um, and I saw people wearing, wearing backpacks walking around. And so I was, I was a, you know, semi decent athlete and I decided I was just going to find a rucksack and start rucking. And so I put bags of concrete in it and didn't know any better. I mean, I walked my one mile town probably as many times as possible and looked like probably, a, probably yeah. more than like the two cars that were in that one kind of like yeah, that one town. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I did, I did a lot of rucking man. And, uh, that, that was really it. Cause I was, I thought I knew I was good. 
uh, push-ups. I knew I was good. I thought I was good pull-ups, but it turns out I was terrible at pull-ups. Uh, failed my first in-doc or, oh. you know, selection. Sure. Uh, so failed the first one just cause I was, you know, new, didn't really know what the hell I was doing. And, uh, yeah, man, just kept going through it. Got lucky. Got lucky. So, so you didn't physically prepare for anything. You just kind of went in cause you were an athletic dude in high school and then Bob's your uncle. You're going through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Bob's your uncle. Here you are. The only thing I did is ruck. Um, I did, I did practice rucking as much as possible. I probably put in a good 40 miles a week. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, that's not very much compared to what we did in training. <laughs> so, <I'm> like, ah. <laughs> That's awesome. But somehow you, somehow you muddled through it and your plan works. So it's not a, it's not a terrible plan if we're on this side talking about it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, man. So <laughs> they let some squeak through <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So when you were in the pipeline, and I think we've all had this feeling before, like guys are in the pipeline and the guys get together, the guys and gals get together in the day room. They're like, this is what it's going to be because these guys told me I was going to do this. And this is what we're going to do after we get out of the pipeline. When you got to your first duty station, how did like the real world SEER specialist job and like what you thought you were going to be doing, were those two things close together or, or did you find out that there was more or less or, or how did you feel about that? Like even your, your very first time at Spokane. Yeah. So you learn, uh, now, now everybody I think knows, hopefully they know that you're going to be an instructor. Um, then <laughs> wasn't really something I knew uh, going into it. Hey, spoiler alert, you're going to be teaching people. <laughs> so some, some of the guys got, uh, got self, you know, self eliminated just because they were, uh, not about speaking in front of people. But, uh, knowing that I was going to teach the survival course, I didn't know until I went through the I believe it was, I went through my observation trip of SV80. So as a SEER guy, you, you get done with triple S, uh, you get up there, uh, you go through SV80 water survival, parachuting water survival. Um, or sorry, it was just parachuting, not parachuting water survival then. Um, and then I went through and did SV80 and I had a great instructor and he's like, you realize this is going to be your job for, you know, an extended period of time. I was like, Oh, okay. Cause oh, I word. cool cool, man. Like be out in the woods and it's, it's, you know, the weather's crappy and you're, you're, you know, keeping 10 people alive. It's yeah, uh, it's an experience, but yeah. And I think that's pretty cool that we, that we put, I mean, what E3s you, upon graduation. Yeah. 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 So you have to I think that's pretty awesome. We put E3s and E4s out there with a bunch of, bunch of all different ranks, all different experiences out in a uh, the wilderness like that that's pretty cool well and i do want to put it out there too like it, it brings up a good point right so we talk about putting those e3s and e4s when we talk about like just strictly aspect war but mm-hmm. the seer career field does the exact same thing trains at a speed that you have to really be able to keep up with and then puts you in those positions of authority and leadership way early way early yeah. so yeah you learn right off the bat you know how to how to take care of people more so than you're taking care of yourself um you know it was I mean, at least when I was there, you're not allowed to eat in front of your students. You're not allowed. So it's like, hey, let me go find a giant tree to, you know, scarf down a breakfast burrito or yeah. pocket taco, if you will. A pocket taco. I will <laughs> say that, though. Uh, that's that's always been one thing. Like, every single seer guy is a little bit different. Every single seer guy and gal, they, they go about problems a little bit different and have some, some different opportunities to see different stuff. And we're going to ask you about that later. But, you know, to a person, the instructional level that you guys expect is a lot like a whole lot. Like I, I always like the value. I think it took me working down at the schoolhouse with you, obviously where we met to kind of really, you know, value what a, a master instructor is in the AETC or in the instruction realm, but it's no joke. Like you really have to be really good at your craft and seer, seer specialists were always really good at their craft, at least, you know, from my optic. 
Dang, one of the rare compliments from Aaron Love. I had to put it. On, I had to put it on wax. Polished that one over some linseed oil for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, uh, dude, it, it's been it's been it's been a quite a ride, you know. And you have to know, uh, not necessarily going in, but once you're once you're in it enough, you have to realize that you're there for the warfighter. You're not you're not there to be the cool guy. You're not there to say, hey, you know, send me. You're here to you're here to prepare and. Uh, Man, that's that's really what I, where I take it, and that's where I feel uh, most most at home is that I'm there to prepare the warfighter for their worst, you know. And I, I've I've heard you say it many times, and plenty of Jays have been around. Is you show up on the day when it's worst, you know, and we hope it never happens. We hope we don't ever get called, but it's a it's a damn good insurance policy if it is, you know. Yeah, and one of the things that you guys have got to make sure that pilots and aircrew members are prepared for is deployment situations. So can you go into, you know, I'm sure you have deployed, but mm -hmm. have you deployed? And then in what kind of capacity were you used while you were there? Yeah, um, I got lucky, in my opinion. I'm more of a, in my opinion, I'm uh, smart like like rock, strong like tractor. Uh, I think that's the way to write it. Um <laughs> But uh, I got lucky. Someone someone gave a good word, and I deployed with uh, in support of ISAFs off in Afghanistan, and so I focused solely on. Uh, that was uh, back in I think fourteen. I focused solely on uh, the coalition ground ground fighter, um, and man, that was quite the experience. I got to do a lot of unique things that most dudes don't get the experience of. I wasn't in the jock nearly as much as I was told I was going to be or the joint operations center. I wasn't sitting in front of my computer the whole time. I was there to prepare and set things up and, and watch on alert. But man, when uh, my, my job was to go out and do personal recovery site visits and prepare those guys for, Hey, what's, what's your most dangerous point of where something could go wrong and let's backtrack from there and make a plan if something does go wrong. And it Go ahead. It sounds like you had a very unique deployment experience for you. Mm -hmm. So taking a step back, what would it be or what can people coming into the pipeline kind of expect? Could you go through that gamut of, yeah. of what deployments would look like for a SEER specialist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. We So the main point of deployment for us is to set prepared and run a run the upper level when it comes to PR or personal recovery. So you're, you're running the, uh, the report, locate support. We're not doing the recover. Um, and then on the backside of that, once we get the individual back running the reintegration. So as a young five level, you'll more than likely, um, you'll see a lot of, ex a lot of things. You'll experience how the battle rhythm works sitting around, uh, you know, you're with Intel, um, command staff, the PR command there. And, understanding how the battle space works. And it's more of a transitional period. Uh, in my opinion, most dudes first, ex first deployment experience is just getting used to what it is that we do deployed. Because in my opinion, it's completely different. Um, it's a completely different mission and you're relearning everything. So sitting alert and being prepared for if something does go wrong, um, some dudes end up watching beacons and see if they squeak or not. And I hear dudes that just don't like that. Um, but there's always an opportunity from everything I've heard to everybody. If you're the right dude, you're going to make the opportunity, whether it's through, a uh, again, like the personal recovery site visit into country or uh, into, you know, into somebody else's battle space to where you're saying, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I can do for you and making yourself relevant. That's what it's really all about. Okay. And so what kind of stuff do you guys do to prepare for a deployment? You know, 
special warfare, at least, and I can speak to CCT, PJ, and, and SR, you know, we, we go through shooting training, medical training, and then our specific job training. What kind of pre-deployment training do you guys do? It's a lot like conventional uh, deployments. It's, it's not a uh, special warfare style spin up. So you're getting your general, you know, your, your uh, C burning training, your uh, self a buddy care. You are going to qualify with your rifle and pistol. Um, but when it comes to specialized shooting, you know, that's not, that's not my job. Worst case, if I'm out there shooting, it's probably a really bad day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lucky for the people that I'm around, I feel like I'm pretty good at what I'm doing. You know, being a weapons instructor here and, and teaching tactics as well, I, I know I know enough to you know not get myself in too much trouble and not be the you know perceived weakest link, uh, which is good. But again, it's our our job is to prepare the warfighter. So you're really getting in there and you're doing country studies, um, and you're you're starting to understand the lay of the lay of the land. And, and God God help the Syria who goes out there and uh, and says I'm gonna. I'm going to teach them desert survival out in a, <laughs> in a deployed environment or how to get water. It's like, man, that's not what you're here for. You're missing the, you're missing the mark on that one. So. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's quite a natural transition. It's almost like we planned it, but that, that brings us to now. And you're working in one of, one of the, uh, the best jobs that I, I ever had. It's awesome being an instructor down at the, the pararescue apprentice course. And that's pretty non-standard for, for a seer guy. So um, go over kind of like, what you've seen since you since you've been there and for people that don't know like you know being a, an instructor for weapons being an instructor for tactics it's not just quote unquote seer stuff it's not just a couple of lessons here and there it's you know you're involved with the team from start to finish as one of their primary instructors and you've been a proctor of teams like that's mm -hmm. a pretty big deal can you tell us about you know what you've seen from from students or what you've learned as a seer specialist working under that aspect war umbrella uh, for any Bubba's out there that are, are going to be Bubba's or trying to be Bubba's don't go in wearing board shorts and a tank top with a beard and say, when are we going to jump bros? Um, <laughs> I mean, you can, that's, that works <laughs> out for everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> it, ended up, it ended up working out for me in, in the, in the far, far future from when I said it. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I came in with some, uh, some quals. I was, a, I was, a, you know, free fall jumper. I had my, my, uh, you know, sport rig qualification or ends trap, whatever we call it now. Um, and, you know, I was really excited. I got some, maybe potentially some misinformation from another Jay out in Yusefi. He said, Oh, you're going to the schoolhouse. It's going to be a jump club. So I was like, hell yeah, my kind of people. And uh, I like jumping on airplanes, man. What can I say? And, and so I showed up and kind of shot my shot. I am, I think Aaron knows I am who I am always. Um, always. That's been a, that's been a huge benefit to me, in my opinion, once I grew up a little bit and was, I don't want to say humbled, but my wife will say humbled because uh, she knows me better than I am. And I'm too stubborn to say humbled, but I was, <laughs> uh, I was humbled and, and understanding kind of the environment and understanding who I was working with and the level of professionals. And it's been, man, it's been quite the experience. I started out with working under land warfare and, and doing, uh, you know, teaching uh, the nav lesson, obviously, or, you know, it's, I say lesson, but it's 10 days, um, la uh, land nav and then weapons tactics and doing a little bit with parachuting, you know, enough of that they would let me, mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of got myself into a little bit more, became a section chief, uh, got my first team, um, which was quite the experience to, to lead these young men who, and in honor, in my opinion, of uh, leading young men who I'm not even associated with, uh, with beret wise. Um, but I think we have some pretty close ties as is, um, with our career fields. And it's, it's just been, it's been an experience, you know, it's been great. I 
think that being here and being an instructor is, is awesome because you get to see direct, you know, as one of our guys says now that I, I'm going to echo, uh, you see the exact product of your work when you're done with it. You know, when they, when those men walk across the stage and don those berets, man, it's a, you get a little, little tightness in the throat. Oh yeah. No, I get, yeah. Those were some of my best times where we're sitting there at that exact same, that exact same dinner, that exact same script every single time. Um, I think I remember really vividly every single one I went to. So I totally got it with, uh, especially with your background. Cause I mean, you were a master instructor long before you got, you know, to the schoolhouse and you, you had had a, a history career as being an instructor to say mm-hmm. it in one way, like, what are you seeing from the students now? So, you know, differences between the pipelines and stuff. I know there's a, a bunch of similarities, but what are some of the common traits that you see in students that are successful, especially, you know, using your SEER experience, you know, to start and then the PJU example as well? Yeah. So, I mean, as, as you guys know, looking for work, dudes that are, are ready and willing and really just want to get after it and having that motivation every day. And you see guys who start to slack a little bit and, you know, you got to cattle prod them every once in a while or let them figure it out on their own. And the guys that are most successful, in my opinion, are the guys who can take criticism like the best, you know, and I think that's through and through with every operator I've ever worked with and met is taking criticism openly and understanding that as long as it's come from the right source, it's probably valid and it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to kind of take and internalize and, and take out your own way. So working hard and taking critiques. Yeah. Getting that, getting <laughs> well, that feedback is a, is a really important one. Anytime mm-hmm. that I would make a correction on a student and the words, but would come out, but, but, but I'd be like, oh man, this is not, not going well. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So you got a very specific job where you're at and almost a cherry assignment, if you will. Those are my words, not yours. But what for a SEER specialist, what can your average SEER specialist in a in a normal SEER position, what can they expect day to day? Yeah. So um, I've worked those two. So working at an OSS or an operational support squadron where you're um, supporting the, the flyer. So our job is to your first three years right now, you're supporting the schoolhouse. So you're teaching SV80. And then from there you see a, I would say 50% of the dudes that are, that finish out their three years. A lot of them like to stay. Um, and they'll branch out to resistance training. They'll branch out to water survival, parachuting, or they'll go to our apprentice course and teach there. Uh, so a lot of dudes stay at Fairchild. And then the other 50% like me, I clicked the first button that came my way because it was uh, it was time for for little fella to grow wings and fly. Gotta let me gotta let me fly. So, <laughs> so when you're at an, an operational support squadron, uh, your day to day is uh, sear refresher training, um, and basically you're almost alone and unafraid. Uh, you're there as a five level. You've got a seven level as well. There's only two of you generally, depending on the aircrew size. And you're out there getting your guys prepared for their deployed mission. So every single uh, flying unit that has deployable aircraft, you've got SEER guys there. Um, so they're there preparing them. And it could be anything from KC-135s to helicopters to F-16s to uh, even some of the uh, so some of the AFSOC bases on Herbie, you've got people. Uh, and then RQSs and ACC, you've got uh, some SEER bubbles there as well. All right. So it's a, it's a litany of different you know, training events, stuff like that. It's not just, Hey, we're going to go kill a rabbit and show you how to cook it. It's right. 
No kid in survivalist. <laughs> but it's, it's mostly that. <laughs> yeah. It's only it's only it's, rabbits. It's mostly murder. Well, yeah. <laughs> hold on. I've killed thousands of rabbits and small animals. I've, <laughs> small I've, animals. I've murdered about seven. So, <laughs> okay. Got it. Let's just cut that right there for PETA. If they if they care, they can contact me as they want. <laughs> Fantastic. This that's just gonna be your video intro for whatever psychologist you have to go talk to now. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> so okay sorry to really <laughs> totally took me off track that's all right but you you know build shelters learn how to survive learn to um you know trap animals kill animals learn how to do water survival learning how to uh, egress aircraft and then you guys also do some of the um uh, eva- not evasion, but the. I was gonna instead say of calling jugg- it advanced juggling resistance. That's what yeah, I was thinking. I was resi- thinking of resistance. Uh, I was like, man, I'm gonna get it one of these times. <laughs> You're good. You, You're you good. were circling it right. You, you had it terrified. I was trying. Yeah. I was reaching Stopping really hard. Down, yeah. <laughs> so you get your highest level of training up at Fairchild. Um, so that's the initial. Just like anybody, um, whenever you get that initial training, it's generally the higher level until you get into specialties. Um, but what we do out of NOSS is you specialize on your air crew and what they need. Um, so if your guys are, you know, for example, uh, my F-16 drivers, you're going to be out there alone and unafraid. So I'm not going to teach you how to make a five-pole parachute shelter because uh, that's going to take you forever and be completely irrelevant. Uh, what I'm going to teach you is, one, how to get the hell out of there. Uh, two, how to fight your way to a bigger weapon uh, if you need it, uh, if you're on the ground in a, ba- in a bad, bad spot, and how to signal or get yourself recovered. Uh, that's really what we're focusing on. Not in that, not in any particular order. And again, these are, these are my words, not, not pro- probably career fields just shaking their head right now. And I'm, and I'm on a podcast <laughs> talking, <goodness>. but yeah. <laughs> Good. Just remember. Hey, be- don't worry. We all, we all feel that and receive that on oh, a daily basis. All so. the time. Apparently I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> in, in regards to combat control that's cool uh, no that's fine yeah as the jays say we're all mad here right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly man so was is is your current assignment or fairchild or i would guess maybe even germany your favorite assignment oh man i just i don't know i can't i can't pick it i can't i can't shit i can't call it shit i can't call it how old are you kai can't call yeah. it <laughs> So no, it's been, uh, I mean, Germany, you know, the travel, the experience working with, with the, uh, the F-16 drivers that I worked with, uh, my opportunities to get reintegration experience and, and get into that, uh, getting deployment experience. Uh, and I mean, you're in Europe, what's, what's wrong with that? I met my wife there. So I can't say, I can't say that was, uh, I can't say that was second by any means, but. Oh if, yeah. Because if she hears you saying that that wasn't the penultimate experience of your life, you're in for it. Like she's going to get right. you dog. Like, right. We all know that, you know, that's kind of important to, to say at least <laughs> I got to at least get it out there. I know she's going to listen to it. And you know, you know, your assignment was where you met me and that was the best thing that ever happened to your dumb ass. <laughs> <Right? laughs> but, uh, but man, here, here in, uh, in Albuquerque, I was, man, I was jazzed when I got this experience, when I got the, uh, the notification, uh, that I was coming here and it's been, man, it's been, it's been a little up and down for me personally, just because I had, did have some growing pains in the very beginning of, of understanding the, the caliber of dudes I was going to be working with. And I came from an office of two to where we all, we, you know, we all, the, him and I liked the exact same thing. We did the same thing. And I had a lot of freedom of movement. Uh, and not that I don't hear, uh, but it's been, 
man, have I, have I had some amazing experiences here without a doubt? You know, I get to go to the tunnel, get to instruct in the tunnel. I get to jump my face off. I get to go to JJ Rakaza shooting courses and that right. is amazing. Yeah. And it's just, it's been an experience, you know, to, to get me to a different level that I would never be able to achieve uh, anywhere else. So in my experience, this has been amazing. So man. close, close, like one B. One B, right. Well, one man, B. I, I it's only because it. I'm still here. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. But like all those other great career fields out there, Sear overall has that ability. Like you could really be a really, really diverse dude. You can see a whole lot of different things from mm-hmm. being an Arctic survival instructor to working in an LSS, being an instructor at, you know, teaching land nav at the pararescue schoolhouse or being in Germany, being like the parachute, you know, triple PM, the program manager and getting to jump your face off. Or there's, there's a million things that you got test parachutists, you know, out mm-hmm. in uh, Cali, there's, there's a million things that you guys can do, but so focusing on you as an instructor, we were laughing about having isms before we come on. What really, uh, as far as pipeline students go, what really grinds your gears? Like what are, what are your isms for those people where you're just like, ah, oh, makes me want to murder you right away. Oh man. So we've all been support and we've all been supported. Right. I, I think, I think I'm right in saying that. And, uh, man, dudes who treat everyone that is not them are going to be what they're going to be different is just unsat. That's a huge ism to me is, is, uh, you know, it's, we talk about the, you know, whole airman concept and, and trying to develop these guys as not just operators, but good, good men. Um, and when I see them disrespect or not show up to meetings, just, just grinds my gears, not show up to something that we set up like, Hey man, they took a special favor to set you up for sea Bernie or something like that. And you just decided at eight 30 was too early for you to show. Uh, to me, it's like, Hey, you got a little too big for your britches, man. Don't forget where you came from. Remember your beginnings and, uh, stay humble. You know, I've had obviously had a few lessons in that. Uh, but that's, that's pretty much it, you know, okay. is to, to support, you know, support the support as, you know, as you can. And, and I guess now being a support guy again, um, cause it, you know, in Germany, I wasn't really a support guy per se, you know, mm-hmm. I had a lot of people work, you know, to help my mission, mm-hmm. uh, man, it's just, it's, uh, they can go wrong and I've seen it go right too many times to know that, that it, it doesn't need to happen the wrong way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I got you. That brings us to our, our, our customary last question, right? So we always put, especially all of our SMEs, we put them on the line. If you had one piece oh. of advice that you're going to give to people that are going into SEER assessment selection or from what you know about aspect war, you know, anything out there that's a, a tough career field. If you had one piece of advice to be successful, what would that one piece of advice advice be? Persevere. There's always going to be a point in time where it feels like quitting is the easy, the comfort, the the option. I'm sure plenty of answer, I would say. But honestly, the first thing that comes to my head since I'm on the spot is where I thought, you know, being 145 pounds, that my 110-pound ruck was going to snap my femurs. Uh, telling my instructor that, uh, uh, 110 pounds. <laughs> I carried that bitch for, for 12 days. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for, for real. And, uh, you know, climbing up a snowy mountain in Washington saying, Hey, Hey man, this is going my legs are breaking. I feel them break. <laughs> you know, like, no, they're not, you know, you're, you're tired, you're hungry, you're cold. And you know, all the bullshit you're told to do extra stuff. Doesn't matter. Persevere. It's worth it in the end. It's there's, there's always, a, there's always that light in the end of the tunnel that you see and feel. Um, but then it's just another step, you know, it's always going to get harder every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, it's never going to get easier. 
there's easy days and there's hard days. You just, you just got to the point where, uh, where hard doesn't look, you know, what you used to perceive as hard isn't as hard as it used to be. That's right. Almost like being a Michigan fan. You get used to the losing all just, of the oh. time. I was, I waited till the end. You, you had some just great input. The <laughs> it's just, just went the entire time. That seems like a good place to wrap it up, yeah, man. Justin. Yeah, everything you said, that's gone now. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Justin, thanks for and coming on, man. We picked you for a reason. I loved working with you. I know you're doing big things down there, and I knew you were the right guy to come on and talk Sear stuff. Is there, if there are people out there that want to talk to you about maybe going Sear, uh, are you open to putting your Instagram out? If not, you can tell them to go through us and we can contact you. Yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can throw out the, uh, the old Instagram. It's a lot of family stuff. Stuff. I'm a family man. I try to every once in a while, though. But it's uh, El Gordo. Uh, it's well, E L G O R D double O seven because I graduated in 07 and I thought I was cool. Got um, it. You can't gotta, ever live that, that screen name that now old either. School. I just gap it, you know. And I was like, hey, you know, I want to be a fat kid one day. Uh, you know, I've achieved that, so I'm good. But uh, yeah, if they want, if they've got seer questions, man, they want to see uh, some of the stuff. Uh, granted, a lot of it's family stuff, but yeah. hey, man, I'm, I'm open kimono, so. Awesome. Come on. Well, in. can't say enough again. Thanks for coming out. We really appreciate it. Everybody else, <laughs> go follow the podcast. Get on uh, get on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us a five-star rating. And then as always, just like the reason Justin's here today, if you got something you want to hear, we'll get it, uh, get it on here and make it happen. So train hard, everybody. Earn each breath. Appreciate you, Justin. Have a good one, man. Oh, yeah. See you guys later. Thanks, dude. Thanks.